Hi, I'm Jay Wetter. Welcome to the Canola Watch podcast. Farmers now have the option to have canola stubble tested for the presence of blackleg and, if the test is positive, to identify which blackleg races are present. To discuss this new test, I have... Justine Cronelson, agronomy specialist for the Canola Council of Canada, based in Western Manitoba and lead, uh, lead agronomist on blackleg management. Jason Danielson, business manager with Discovery Seed Labs. Uh, Sandy Junick, uh, the molecular lab manager with Discovery Seed Labs. Blackleg is a stubble-borne disease. It survives on canola stubble until the next canola crop comes along for infection and to repeat the cycle. Justine explains how the stubble test is an important part of the new black leg management program. Um, so one of our, our problems with the intensification of canola is we're seeing um, tighter rotation, so we're not allowing that stubble to break down. Uh, we are deploying then resistant varieties across everything, and we have been using a resistant variety for almost uh, 20 years, that's when they were first introduced. Um, so the, this problem now is that we're seeing black leg um, being able to, to attack our varieties and so we are seeing uh, disease pressure within resistant varieties. Um, so because resistance does not infer immunity, we're not safe from the disease, uh, we wanted to provide producers with more information. So this is where the, the new um, incorporation of a resistant gene label comes into play. And so with this label, we've got several different groups, uh, and that helps to identify the, the major gene that's being deployed in, in, in those resistant varieties. And there are several different forms of, of resistance, um, but the major genes is something we know and, and we had hoped to then match it to what's going on in the field. So having um, this stubble test available and, and being able to identify those races within the field, uh, that is kind of the missing link. So when they're able to identify the race within their field, they can then take that to the next level. And when they're purchasing a variety, they can then match it to the R gene labels that some varieties do now have. Okay, so let's get into the test. Jason and, and Sandy, Justine called it the missing link. How does the test work? Yeah, so we've worked with Egg Canada to bring the, the technology into Discovery Seed Labs. And it's kind of a two-step approach, which we really like about it because what we're finding out is just because you have a black substance in your canola stem doesn't mean you have black leg. So the first step of this process is to actually determine whether or not your field actually contains black leg. And then if it is found in your field, then we go through a second process, which actually identifies the specific race that has infected your crops. So really like the two-step nature of it. it. It allows for a lot more investigation to go on uh, rather than what had been done in the past with the, with the other types of, of tests that were out there. Now, the pricing is two-step. So would you ever, would anyone ever want to just know whether it's black leg or would everyone want to take the second step and then identify what, what race it is? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. I guess it depends on the reasoning for them to uh, determine whether or not uh, they, they needed the information dug down to a, a race level. Where that becomes beneficial is if, if they're using that to select a, a variety of canola that they would know was resistant to a specific race. If they needed that information, then it's great to go to that second step. But if it was something for other management practices, if they just wanted to determine if they had black leg and, and necessarily didn't need to line that up with a specific canola variety, 
of, of known resistance, then they wouldn't require that second step. The big thing is they don't have to pay the, the full amount uh, if their crop isn't infected with black legs. So that's kind of why we like to, to break it down into the two-step process. And not every producer um, is going to be wanting to align um, to their to this, a race within the field, um, and, and they are just probably just wanting to identify that they are dealing with a black leg issue and not potentially a root rot issue or verticillium stripe and other um, alternaria. So it is a, a good practice to go through and actually know what you're dealing with, um, and then that could be an extension of rotation or a fungicide application, some other techniques to manage some of those diseases. What does a farmer need to set in, send in, or an agronomist need to send in for a proper test? What's, what's the sample type you need, protocols? Uh, so what we're looking for to receive from producers or agronomists um, is stem sections that uh, were taken from kind of multiple areas in the field uh, that they can see in the field that they suspect would have uh, black leg infection on that. Uh, so we're, we're advising that they pull several stems from different areas of the field. Uh, usually this is easiest done just after swathing. Um, if they pull the, the whole stalk out, you can see the root, uh, the crown, the stem, and the hypocaudal section. We're asking that they, they cut the stem kind of just below the crown um, in, into the woody part. So then and submit any stems that show any discoloration on them. If a farmer wanted a decision heading into seeding this year, could they test old pieces of stubble that they might find in the field in April? Yeah, you absolutely can. The only, the only part that makes it a little more difficult is the stems aren't, they're probably all gonna have some discoloration on them. So finding ones that show uh, nice signs of infection might be a little tougher, but you can definitely uh, grab stems in the spring and submit them. It doesn't just have to be at harvest time. Justine, do you have tips on how to identify a black leg infected stem piece in, in April? Um, in April, you typically I'm looking for are the, the fruiting bodies of the pseudothecia of the, the disease, so they're on the outside of the um, out of the, the residue of the stubble. Um, so I'm not sure if, if that's exactly the pieces that you guys would be wanting. Usually that would be the internal blackening as well, um, if we're seeing those outside fruiting bodies, um, to kind of tell the difference between something like sclerotinia, right? Sclerotinia is gonna have the large sclerotinia bodies inside of the stubble or inside of that stem, uh, where, and then a disease like verticillium stripe um, it's going to have tiny, very evenly distributed microsclerotia um, just when you peel back that outer layer of the stem. Um, so yeah, black leg will have those larger fruiting bodies on the outside, very evident, um, kind of pepper-like is the typical description. And they're, they're raised, are they like almost like braille or what would they feel like if you were rubbing your finger along them? Yeah, that would kind of be the description. You can feel them just tiny little bumps and um, yeah, the, usually it's that pepper-like description and yeah, very rough on the outside of the stem. What's the turnaround time, Sandy? If if they got if you got a sample in April, how soon could you have a test done? Uh, the initial culture step takes uh, seven days for us to culture from the stem itself. Um, if there is a uh, 
maculin's present, we do a subculture away from the stem section onto another plate, which takes another seven days. Uh, and that's just so we have a pure isolate. Oftentimes when we culture from a stem, we have multiple organisms that grow out of it. So we want to start with a pure isolate. So we reduce any chance of any sort of marker interaction with, with any other disease. So it takes about two weeks in total to do the culture step. Uh, once the we know that it's black, like the molecular test after that only takes uh, approximately one or two days to kind of get that through the lab. In theory, then you could have results in two weeks, but that's that's assuming that the, you're not backed up in any way. Yeah, exactly. We, it would be more uh, more like a 15 day uh, turnaround time under ideal conditions. Sort of thing. Yeah. All right. So by mid-May, if a farmer sent in a sample the end of April, they could have a result and, and that might give them enough time to to adjust plans, I suppose, although I mean, seed, seed purchases are made and, and that kind of thing. So maybe it isn't really feasible, but I suppose if a farmer has a field that they're really seriously wondering about and had just been waiting and waiting for this test to come along, it, it may be something that they could pursue this spring. Yeah, absolutely. And um, a canola field that has just come out of production, it's probably going back into wheat. Um, so if you test now, you still have another year before you have potentially canola going back into the ground there. So doing a test now, I, I think there's still definitely value towards it. Right. Going into canola, I guess those stubble pieces, uh, as long as people are following good rotation practices, will be two or three years old, maybe even four years old in some cases by now. I don't even know whether it's possible to, to make a test on something that old. Do you? Yeah, that's a really good question. That's uh, something we haven't encountered, but it's, it's yeah, as this kind of database of information grows, the more we do this, I'm, I'm sure we'll be able to, to pick uh, a nice timeline for how long people can go back. As long as there were living spores, which which they can exist for a very long time, I would think we should be able to detect something. I have a question for the guys. Go for it. Um, so we've heard a lot about obviously that diversity of races within a field. So with this test, will you just be giving one predominant race back as as the, the final result? No, we will be reporting the results as what happens off each individual stem. So if we had four stems of 12 that we identified that had uh, black leg infection and all four turned out to be maculins and three of the four were one race and the uh, other stem was a separate race, we would report both races present and the frequency. Great. So then, yeah, to, to take that to the next step, then a producer would, would target the predominant race. So if you were seeing, you know, six or eight stems out of the 12 showing one, one particular race, a producer then would try to match that up with the, their vari new variety with their R gene labels. Yeah. Yeah, it would definitely be a, a management ap approach to, to try and match those two, the uh, race present with the potential resistant genes in the the variety exactly we are still trying to identify or um, I guess understand um, the diversity of, of races within a field but I think most work uh, in Canada is showing usually there's only typically one or two predominant races across the field so 
Discovery Seed Labs is the first lab in Western Canada to come up with a Black Lake test, but Justine says there will be others. Yeah, so um, several other labs uh, had accessed the same uh, Ag Canada markers um, from Hossein Borhan's lab. So these are cast markers. Uh, so we do expect um, tests in the near future coming from um, the Pest Surveillance Initiative Lab in Winnipeg uh, and also um, 2020 Seed Labs. And um, I believe BioVision as well in the future have, have just acquired the markers as well. Just a last word to you guys. Um... How would farmers find out about the actual testing protocols and and pricing and that kind of thing? Where where would they go for that? Yeah, we do have a one pager on uh, the black light section of our website, and it kind of breaks down the steps in uh, supplying us with the right material for testing. Fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how it's done, I guess the most important thing in this is is how the samples are taken. If we're not given a, a very good representation in a field, then no matter what we do, we can't provide the uh, grower with, with a good survey of the types of races that are present. So we, we can't overemphasize the importance of, of making sure that those stems are properly taken and uh, shipped to us. So if they do have any questions, they can feel free to, to call us or uh, yeah, go on the website site and, and pull off the information there. Thank you, Jason and Sandy with Discovery Seed Labs in Saskatoon at seedtesting.com and to Justine Kernelson with the Canola Council of Canada. The big thing with all of this black leg um, is, is understanding that it's a full management, right? We can't just rely on our genes or a stubble test that comes back to that scouting and crop rotation as well. This has been a Canola Watch podcast. For lots more on Black Lake, please go to canolawatch.org. And while there, you can sign up to receive our agronomy email newsletters. Thanks for listening. I'm Jay Wetter.